Bonjour and welcome to another episode of Street Focus, an ongoing exploration of urban photography. I'm your host, Valérie Jardin. Today is episode 45 already, and it's a new Q&A and Street Challenge episode. And I have a guest co-host, and it's my good friend and Italian photographer, Ugo Che. And together, we will answer questions whether making eye contact with your subject can still be called street photography, how to handle a situation when your subject notices you and gets upset, and how to gain more recognition as a street photographer. Then we will give the names of the winners of the last street challenge and announce a new one before giving our picks of the week. Hello, Ugo. Uh, we've been social media friends for a long time and we finally met in person last uh, April during my Rome workshop. How, how is, what's new in your world and how are you doing? Uh, hi, Valerie, and thanks for having me. Uh, yeah, you said it right. We've been friends online for a long time. Yep. Um, Finally had the pleasure to, to meet face-to-face -face in, in Rome uh, last April. That was really fun. So what's, what's new with me? Um, in the last few months, not much. Just doing the pretty much the same. Just work. I've got a, a day job. I'm still not a full-time photographer. I'm still keeping my, my day job. But I've been, uh, I've been shooting on and off. I'm actually I'm very much into travel photography. Mm -hmm. So... When I'm not traveling, um, my photography is uh, maybe taking sometimes the, the backseat, but I've got uh, some trips coming up soon, so I'm really excited about Good. going to new places and, uh, and taking lots of pictures there. That's, that's fun. Yeah, I just got back. We're recording this on August 28th. I just got back from a three-week family vacation in France yesterday. So 24 hours ago, I was just stepping off that plane. I'm a little drowsy today, but uh, I, it was it was great. Actually, um, and I wrote about that. I blogged during my trip. It's just the, the family, because, because I'm with photographers the rest of the time and I shoot whatever I want, wherever I want. For me, the family vacation is when actually the camera kind of takes... Um, the back seat, although it's always with me, but I never take time to shoot. I shoot along the way when we're out and about. And, and it, it can be frustrating at times, but um, I figure if I turn it into a challenge and see it with limiting myself to so few shots and never taking the time to, to spend a few minutes at any spot, you know, just grabbing a shot here and there, how many keepers can I have at the end of the day or at the end of the trip? And uh, so if I look at it this way, It, it becomes more of a, of a game. And so it, it kind of takes the frustration out of it. So how, how is your experience? Do you take a lot of time on your own when you're out with the family? Uh, I try to take a beat. Mm -hmm. uh, sometimes I will uh, go out in the early morning yeah. for a sunrise shoot while the family is sleeping and then join them for breakfast. Yeah. Or sometimes I will ask them to, to be patient if we are in a in a place that yeah. really deserves it. So yeah. maybe we'll take a little bit of a detour because I know that there's a great spot there where we <laughs> get a great view of the coast or the lake or whatever. So yeah. please bear with me. It will just be like half an hour or so. Yeah. They're generally very, very accommodating. With yeah, same projects. here. So. I think it's more like you feel guilty, you know, to just take too much time, you know, yeah. away from, from them. But uh, same with my family. They've, they've always known me with a camera. So... They know the drill, 
but um and they're very very patient but yeah i strategize like you do as well it's like okay we should really go visit this new neighbor this uh neighborhood in paris that you haven't you haven't explored yet because i have an agenda you know so i'm not going to take time on my own necessarily but i'm shooting along the way in a new place or something so um, yeah for the kind of photography that i do sometimes most often the the things that i want to photograph and the places that i want to photograph are also the places that people like to see yeah that's uh, right landscape or cityscapes so i go to the spots where you get great vista and so on so yeah. even if you're not taking photographs there you really appre appreciate the view that's uh, true and the place yeah that's awesome so we can combine the two things yeah that that's true so well let's just jump right into our first segment and that's the q a segment and i will read the first question who came to us from australia Teresa pilcher asked if your subject becomes aware that you are photographing them and change their behavior do you still consider this street photography and she says i prefer street photography captured candidly but sometimes people's reactions can be interesting uh what are your thoughts on that ugo uh, absolutely yes. Mm -hmm. uh, I mean, I'm I'm not one for being very strict when it comes to to defining what what is street photography and what is not. Mm -hmm. uh, as long as it is uh, something captured in a in a in an urban environment, but sometimes even in the countryside, and it involves people, but sometimes it doesn't, and it tells some kind of story, and it's has some interest for what about what people are doing or even something that people left traces of so there isn't really a person in the scene but it's implicit in the fact like maybe in an abandoned bike mm -hmm. something like that then, then to me it's street photography i'm not very a stickler for definitions good so yes and i think there is a, a long tradition of uh, non-candid street photography as long as it is not posed which mm -hmm. might uh, be considered a problem or something that's not really street. As long as it is not posed and it's a natural reaction, uh, I think it qualifies. I mean, um, Bruce Gilden comes to mind. Yeah. Somebody who really he gets reactions. That's the gets whole point. Reactions. Mm -hmm. And our common friend uh, Thomas Leutert yeah. does that too. Um, mm -hmm. I don't know, Gary, Gary Winogrand, I think, did that also. So uh, absolutely, yes. The, if you prefer candid and you can get candid, great. Sometimes I try to alternate. Candids are good and reactions are sometimes are better. So, yeah. Yes. Yeah. And, and, and like Thomas always um, stresses is that first reaction, you know, that first stare, you know, that glance um, that people give you because then they don't have time to... They, and that's usually when he walks away. And I've seen him actually uh, in action in Chicago last month, which was re really interesting when we walked together. Um, he just grabs the shot and, and walks away. The, the person doesn't really know what happened. And, uh, and, a lot, and, and that's challenging. It's interesting. I don't provoke it as much like as he does. Uh, but I, I love when I get it. I think it, it's great. So I just don't go look for it necessarily. But you can't remain invisible in all instances either. So there are times where people will notice you and notice that you you photograph them and you will get a, a reaction. But that, yeah, to me, that's totally part of street photography. Um, and, and even street portraits, you know, are considered part of street photography. I don't like 
I don't like definitions either. It is whatever whatever you want to make of it and whatever makes you happy, really. Uh, who cares what it's called? And mm-hmm. uh, and a lot of people enjoy doing street portraits. I don't do as many of those as I used to, but um, a lot of people get a thrill out of you know in, interacting with strangers and uh, and asking them to to make a portrait as well. Definitely. Yeah. So great. Well, Teresa, I hope this answers your question. And uh, yeah, try try everything. You know, I think some people get stuck, and um, and it's boring. You need to investigate and try new things. Right now, I'm I'm still doing more. I don't know, more minimalist and more silhouette stuff. I really like that challenge and finding a really amazing light. You know, well, maybe next month I'm going to be onto something else and. Uh, Whatever, whatever I find is challenging. You, I think you have to keep a level of challenge to keep it interesting. So, you know, sometimes it's light, sometimes it's finding the the perfect subject, perfect expression, and um, wh- whatever, whatever makes you um, makes you want to get out there, really. So yes, great. Uh, well, that was question number one. We have three today. So, Ugo, do you want to read the second one? So the second question is from Chris Weisman, mm-hmm. who asks. Uh, I have a Canon DSLR, and it has quite a noisy shutter, and I also normally use a 50mm prime lens. As such, I like to get up fairly close to things and people. Inevitably and occasionally, some get upset that I'm taking photos of them. So is there any general advice you can give for these situations? (laughs) Uh, Do you want me to start? Yes. Um, Well, yeah, don't... um... Don't run. <laughs> Just explain what you're doing. Uh, it's usually because because people don't know what you're doing, and if you tell them what you're doing, they'll be completely fine. You can't really hide behind a DSLR if you're shooting with a 50 millimeter lens. I mean, yes, it's a little smaller that way, and I think the choice of lens is good. I when I was still shooting with the 5D Mark II, I had you know the the last year of shooting with that camera on the streets, I was using the 40 millimeter just because of its size. Uh, so smaller, but yes, they are noisy. And there there were times where I would be shooting in the in the metro in Paris with that DSLR that I had to bring to my eye and was making such a big noise that I got some nasty looks and reaction. So you can just pretend like you're shooting something else which is not easy to do if you're in public transportation like shooting a you know behind people so so if you after you take your shot and then people see you and they give you a nasty look pretend like you're still looking behind them don't make eye contact with them pretend you're still looking behind them and then they'll probably think oh she was actually shooting something behind me and usually they'll completely ignore you after that uh, but if they know and they come to you and confront you just just explain what you're doing show them the picture and tell them you're documenting life in the streets of madrid or wherever you are and uh and most of the time, people will be fine. They, you know, you didn't photograph them in embarrassing situations, and 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 uh, the picture of them is interesting. Um, I've, you know, you rarely get resistance. So, how how has been your experience with that, Ugo? Um, my cameras are very silent. Yeah, mine too <laughs> now, but that wasn't always the case. <laughs> no, uh, the I think that there are. Two questions in, in this one. One is, how do I uh, I become less visible and less audible? Mm-hmm. Uh, well, aside from getting a, a silent camera, you can get one of a mirrorless like the the Fujis that we have 
-hmm. especially the X100 series, they are very silent. So that helps a lot. Um, but there are other things you can, uh, you can shoot where it's very noisy, where there is a lot yeah. of people. And do not try to attract attention to you visually. And if there is some level of noise, it's unlikely that people will notice the noise. So there are ways to, to avoid being caught. If you are caught, then I think first thing, smile. I mean, you, you can try to pretend you were not actually shooting, but sometimes it's obvious, right? Yeah, yeah. There aren't many people around. Uh, yeah, you can pretend to be looking behind their shoulder, but it doesn't always work. No, so, that's, if there so, is nothing or if there is a window behind them, that's going to be a hard sell. <laughs> yeah, so <laughs> smile Yeah. And because you're not doing anything wrong. That's right. If you are the... The, the thing is, if you are the, the one, if you think you're doing something wrong, and then you will always feel uncomfortable doing it. Yeah. If you convince yourself that you're not doing anything wrong because you're not actually doing anything wrong, except in some very specific circumstances which you should avoid, then just smile. And if they confront you, just say, okay, sorry, you were on the street. I'm entitled to, to take your photo, but if you want, uh, if you seriously uh, upset about it, I will delete it. Yeah. Yeah, so. it's not worth making anybody upset about, but um, I find that if, you, if you're polite, respectful, and, you know, explain what you're doing, people will usually um, be understandable. And then, and then, yes, what do you do if they ask you to delete the picture? Most places, you're in your rights to keep it, no matter what. Nobody can ask you to delete it, um, even law enforcement. But uh, do you really want, are you going to use it if it was such a bad experience for your subject? See, I, I wouldn't. So why no. would I even keep it? Right. Mm -hmm. So it's really a case-by-case -case basis, I think. Um, but so some... another, another thing that I can add, just wear black, dark yeah. colors. Try to stay in the, in the shade where you're less visible. Yeah. Um, yeah, and... don't, don't stand out. Try to blend with the crowd you're in. If you're in Paris, you're going to dress like Parisians. If you're in New York, you know, try, try to really blend in um, as much as possible. And try, try to be not so self-conscious because... That's, if you are relaxed, uh, you will be less noticeable. Definitely. If you are self-conscious, so yeah. uh, you will act in an awkward way, typically, and you will be perceived as some, someone who is awkward, yeah, who is trying to do something that is not comfortable. So the, the person being portrayed might perceive that. Yeah. But well, definitely, um, it seems like Chris is still using a DSLR then, and... Uh, You know, if he really wants to pursue street photography, I mean, definitely getting something smaller, less conspicuous, completely silent will definitely uh, help him step up his game because he'll be able to get shots in places that, you know, you, you, where you could not, you could not put your, your, the camera to your face and you need to use the live view, you know, some tilt screens. Um, some people love the tilt screens because they're less conspicuous that way. Um, I mean, there are so many advantages to smaller silent cameras for sure. So, you know, anybody now getting into street photography 
who doesn't who is planning on buying a camera i think buying a dslr would be a big mistake um and anybody with a dslr is thinking of maybe upgrading or changing i mean there is and they, they're into street photography staying with the dslr system would be would not make any sense either don't you think yes absolutely yeah so um again the, the having a silent camera i've i've got shots with that camera that i probably wouldn't have had with with my my canon dslr previously i mean i did i was pretty daring you know in some instances uh where i got some pretty nasty look because i had this big camera pointed at people in a crowded public crowded tra public transportation but um i've got a lot more daring shots now with that with a smaller inconspicuous camera for sure so and, and the smaller inconspicuous camera that, that what's great about those new systems is that they they are small they look like uh, compact cameras mm -hmm. but they're still very capable they have great image yeah. quality yeah. so you can look like a, a, a dumb tourist who's just snapping photos around of random things which will to most people will not be perceived as as threatening. Yeah, exactly. Whereas yeah. if you have a big DSLR, you will be perceived as a real photographer, mm -hmm. quote unquote. Yeah. A photojournalist, somebody who is paparazzi, yeah. somebody who is after a shot of something potentially embarrassing to publish yeah. somewhere. And that's what yeah. people are afraid of. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I agree. Um, and, then, then, and then be respectful. I mean, just uh, again, would you feel okay being published on social media if you were the subject of that picture? You know, that's always the question I tell my students to ask themselves. Now, whatever they do with it is up to them, and I don't care. But that's what I teach because that's what I apply in my work, and um, and and I definitely respect respect my subject, and um, because I, I I'm imagining them, I'm imagining myself in their shoes. Um, but sometimes, you know, a situation can be funny, but not making fun of the subject, too. So it's just another level of difficulty at that point, too. So Yeah, always respect. Yeah, definitely. Rule number one, for sure. Well, Chris, I hope this answers your question. Actually, Chris had another question for us, which, will, which we will answer today as well. And I will read it. Uh, so Chris Wiseman again asked, can you recommend a way to get more recognition in the field of street photography, that is. Ugo? Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, I have no idea. No, I'm just kidding. I mean, I'm, I, I'm not primarily a street photographer. I could give some advice on how to get recognition in general. It's, yeah, and I think I it's mean, pretty the, general anyways. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's not like street photography is... Well, it's different. Every genre is different, has different audiences. So how to reach a different audience can be... Uh, the answer can be different because of that. But uh, how to get more recognition? I wish I knew. Uh, one thing that I could suggest is you get make friends with people who have recognition in the field, like Valerie Jardin, for instance. <laughs> so you might land a, an interview on a popular podcast. Yeah, there you go. Which will definitely get recognition. So uh, networking, I think, is, is fundamental. Um, I, people have built... Uh, entire careers or uh, their own businesses or personas uh, interacting online on communities like mm -hmm. Flickr was extremely 
popular and powerful in this respect, and now that there are, there are others. Uh, so, um, so networking and today networking most often means through through social media, uh, and it means getting yourself out. Mm-hmm. So, if you get yourself out and you try to hang out with the cool people or with the people who have recognition in the field and your work is good, then pretty soon you, you will get the recognition you deserve. I think that there aren't any recipes or magical tricks that will let you do that. Yeah, and it all depends what you want to do with that recognition too. I mean, why do you need it? If you're just doing this, if you're making a living out of your photography and you're just doing it for yourself, I mean, yeah, hang out with like-minded people, but does it really matter the likes and so forth. Um, I think quality is well, well, better than quantity anytime, you know, just surround yourself with quality people, people who will help you um, be discerning and, and will help you uh, critique your, your own work. I think that's important too, because getting, getting the likes, I mean, yeah, it's every, we all love it, of course, but um, it's nice to have a few people that you can you can count on to give you honest reviews of your work and also to only post your best work. Because I see a lot of people posting tons of images. Not only we, we can't absorb that much, and it's more it's better to have fewer posts per day, uh, but more impactful, I think. Yes, yes, absolutely. Yeah. And yeah, just to make it clear, I wasn't talking about getting likes and accolades from uh, posting something on Facebook or Google Plus or Flickr and getting hundreds of likes. Uh, it's nice. As you said, everybody likes that. Everybody mm. likes that of kind mm-hmm. of uh, accolade. Uh, I don't believe people who say, I don't, don't shoot for the likes. I only do it for myself. Yeah, that, don't share it online. That's true. Yeah. <laughs> if you share it online and yeah. you get the likes, you will appreciate it anyway. Yeah. So, but, uh, Get, get the the right likes. Get the the comments, the the critiques, the appreciation yeah. of the people who are really interesting, yeah. that are into photography, that are that have recognition. Yeah, and and start you know start a small group in your town, you know a photo walk group. Um, lead some some photo walks. That's a good way to to get out there, meet people in your area. Um, talking about critiques, um, I have two photographers on the Google uh, Plus community page for Street Focus, Richard and um, Sean, who have started some community critique hangouts for the Street Focus. Uh, community on google plus so uh they're gonna they will be launching their second one very soon so they're done online uh live you bring some images and every photographer there during the hangout gets to talk about you know each other's a picture and give constructive criticism so i really encourage you to check that out if you're not um, a member yet go to google plus and check out street focus and we have about 800 members now i believe so it's a very active community and i'm so so thankful because uh, there is no way i would have time to do this mm-hmm. <laughs> and richard and sean are doing a great job there i will probably ask for more volunteers down the road once in a while i'll stop by if i can uh, make a hangout and and then do a critique as well so uh please check that out but yeah just uh yeah surround yourself with the right people i mean it's nice to have you know your relatives likes but but you know 
try to find discerning photographers, I think, who will help you grow in, in the field. I think it's very important. Yes, yes. Awesome. Well, great. So, uh, Chris, thank you for submitting your questions as well as Teresa. I hope you you got the answers you were looking for. And now we are ready to announce the winners of the last challenge. And the theme was breaking the rules in street photography. Not as many entries this time. I think it was maybe a little bit more challenging, but there were some good ones. Uh, Ugo, what was your favorite image and why? So my favorite image was by Mike Schmidt, and I don't know, the title, What is Happening Here? Mm-hmm. And it's, uh, so let, let me preface this by saying that I don't believe in rules, so I don't believe in breaking rules. <laughs> okay. Uh, I don't know exactly why this photo, uh, Mike submitted this is for, for this category, but... Uh, in a way, yeah, it, it breaks a bit the rules of composition with uh, uh, two very central subjects. Uh, it breaks the so-called rule of thirds, which I never believed in in the mm-hmm. first place. But anyway, the, the reason why I chose this image, uh, most of all, is because of the uh, humorous nature of it. Yes. Uh, with this guy half-naked popping up from a hedge. We don't know what he's doing. If he's, we don't know what he's wearing, actually. We don't see him past the waist. We hope he's waist. wearing pants, but we're not really sure. I think he's mowing he's, the grass, don't you think? He might be mowing the grass or riding on a bike. We don't yeah. know. And the, the woman sitting there uh, behind the, the shades, we don't know if she's looking at him or not, or it's something else. But we can imagine there is some kind of relationship between yeah. the two. So there, there's a sense of... Uh, uh, I wouldn't say mystery, but something unknown, yeah. and of humor uh, with this guy half naked. It's uh, funny behind the hedge. It's, it's yeah. it reminds me a bit of. Um, um, it has a Martin Parr quality. Martin Parr, yes. Yeah, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I knew you would think was, that. Yeah. Yeah, I thought so too. I read it to make me smile when I saw it, and I thought of Martin Parr right away as well. It has that humor yeah, quality. That, that. That's why I chose this. Yeah. Great, great. I like it. Yeah, it's funny. Great. Well, thank you. Uh, congratulations to, to Mike. And mine was from actually Teresa Pilcher, which is a coincidence because she had one of the questions for the Q&A as well. And she's been on my workshop before, so I actually know Teresa. And I, I think she may have photographed this while on my Paris workshop. Uh, and it's called Watched by Mythical Men. In Paris. And actually, I think this was at the Jardin des Tuileries, if I recognize it correctly. And this was, I'm pretty sure she waited at that spot for quite a while. It wasn't a coincidence. She she saw there. So there is this, this statue of, uh, a, I don't know, a mythical god um, looking behind, uh, looking to the side. And this old gentleman walking towards the edge of the frame. And uh, so that is breaking the rule. That's the part that she she uh, achieved there. But there is that connection. And because the, the statue is a human figure, you go 
to their eyes right away. So your your eyes go from the eyes of the statue to the gentleman and back and forth. So there is that connection and that gentleman walking out the frame. I'm sure she she planted herself there for a while, waiting for the right person to to come through and to make to establish that connection. I, I really like how she did this. I think it's it's a good shot and uh, and it is breaking the rule by you know having your subject walk towards the edge of the frame. So um, good job to both. So uh, both um, Mike I, and yes. Can I just add something about this photo? Because yes. it, I, I really like it. Yeah. Uh, in a way, it reminds me a bit of the metaphysical paintings of Giorgio de Chirico. I don't know if our oh. audience is familiar with him. Um, he, he made a lot of those paintings where you had those uh, empty squares with maybe some people in the distance, uh, stark shadows, uh, architectural elements, and people together okay. in a sort of a mysterious and slightly unsettling way. And this photo reminds me a bit of that, with those empty chairs, for instance. Yeah, yeah. It uh, reminds me a bit of that, so I, I like it for that reason, too. Yeah, it's a great shot. So both uh, Teresa and Mike will be receiving an ebook from our friends at rockynook.com. Thank you for participating. And the next street challenge will be capturing expressions. So um, joy, sadness, surprise. So this requires getting a little bit closer and getting a good shot of your subject's facial expressions uh, because those expressions will be more in their face, you know, uh, facial expression than gestures, but they can be both. Um, so, um, so, um, yeah, and, uh, this so, will be a great uh, opportunity again for Teresa and Chris yeah. um, to, to provoke some, some reactions and get expressions That's instead right. of uh, avoiding. So it could be eye contact. Doesn't have to be. It could be completely candid. Uh, but you can also provoke a reaction like we've, we've done in the past. So, uh, so, so look for those really great, really great expressions and entries will close on August 20th. That gives you three weeks. And, um, let me see. I, I would like the expression to be obvious. That's the thing. You know, mm -hmm. I, I want to know if they're being sad, if they're being surprised, if they're being, um, if they, if it's a joyful event, it has to be pretty obvious. Any other tips? Uh, no, but I think it's just a great exercise, this yeah. one, because I, I think that expressions and emotions uh, are what make many street photography, much much of street photography interesting. Yeah. Uh, I, I see too much of photos where there is no, no emotion, no story, mm -hmm. uh, no expression, just yeah. taking, my, maybe my, there might be a nice composition, nice light, whatever, but which might make for a, a good photo, but expression and emotion uh, add something more. Yeah, so, sounds good. Yeah, and I think it's it's good to do a little bit that. of everything. So it could be a good exercise for some. Um, it could be something that others are more comfortable with and something they, they photograph and they're more um, aware of and, and in tune with when they walk down the street. So um, again, one entry per person. And uh, you and feel free to to title the picture or to put a little bit of background information as well. Great, uh, pick of the week now, um, Ugo. You go first. So my pick of the week are the flash cue flash triggers. Okay, uh, these are for people who use flash and want to use flash off camera. Uh, you can either 
you can use different systems, uh, either a cord or a light-based system, but most people like to use radio triggers, yeah. uh, which allow you the, the greatest freedom to, to place your flash or flashes uh, wherever you want, uh, even at considerable distances from the camera. Mm, I, I used radio triggers for a while with my DSLR. I tried using them with my mirrorless cameras. Uh, the problem is that the, the flash triggers designed for the DSLRs were quite big, mm -hmm. uh, so not very comfortable to, to place on top of a, a small camera yeah. uh, on the hot shoe. So these are new ones. They, they did a, a Kickstarter or Indiegogo campaign, I don't remember exactly, where they started, and now they are in production. You can order them. And they are very nice because they are incredibly small. Uh, I think uh, probably one inch by one inch, wow. a small cube that you That's can nice. put on top of your camera. So it's very, very small. Um, and I got uh, a set of one transmitter and two receivers. Great. So I'm going, planning to, to go out and uh, start using my flash again with those, those triggers, which are also quite cheap. So what's not to like? That's right. Great. Well, I'll put the link in the show notes. And my pick is a book. Actually, I left on my three-week vacation with several books. I, I was very ambitious. <laughs> I didn't get to uh, open half of them. But this one was really good. And it's by our friends at Rocky Nook. And it's How Photographs Are Sold by Alain Briot. And it's stories and examples of how fine art photographers sell their work. So it gives you lots of tips how to, how to do this, how to sell your work. And then it goes into real case stories, how this person sells at art fairs, this person sells online and, and their approach and how they did it and, and how successful they are doing that. So it, it's a great little book. Uh, price for print book is $36.95, but I think it's also available in an ebook. So How Photographs Are Sold by Alain Briot, published with Rocky Nook. I need, I need that book. Okay. Yeah, it is. It's really good. There's not that many books about that. And people always say, well, how do you sell your work? How do you sell your work? So there, I found the right book for that. So to get started. So awesome. I'd like to make a couple announcements. Um, um, I officially became a Fujifilm USA, USA ex-photographer earlier this month. I'm very excited. So what does that mean? Uh, well, nothing will change in how I do things. It won't affect my workshops or anything, but I will get a chance to visit more cities and meet more of you through special events, speaking engagements, uh, photo conferences, and so forth. So it's very exciting. Um, love working with Fujifilm USA. Um, they, they like my work. Um, and um, I've had a passion for that little Fuji X100 camera the day it came out, the day I bought it. And so it's all, all comes from the heart. Never, never tried to sell one. But it never will. But you know, I'm I'm happy with it. So uh, I'm I'm really pleased to become an ambassador for the for the brand and excited to to meet more people. While um, when they send me to to conferences and and speaking engagements, so I'll be uh, doing a little bit more traveling, but I'm going to pace myself and uh, and try to to have a good balance between that and then teaching my workshops. So and I'm adding uh, more workshops for 2016. So please keep checking my website often. And I'm running an I'm running an early bird special for the 2016 
Rome photo workshop, which will be April 10 to the 16. And if you signed up before September 1st, which is about a month away now, you get an extra night at the four star hotel where you will be staying during the tour. So you can apply this extra night for free before or after the workshop as a bonus. So that's for all registrations on or before September 1st. And all this and more on my website at valeriejardinphotography.com. That's V-A-L-E-R-I-E-J-A-R-D-I-N photography, all in one word, dot com. Thank you, Hugo, for joining joining me today. Where can people go to see more of your work? And do you have any announcements you would like to share today with the audience? Uh, so my main uh, hub is uh, my website, UC Photo. That's U-C-P-H-O-T-O dot M-E. Mm-hmm. Um, or you can find a link to my portfolio, my blog, my, my workshops. Uh, we are uh, scheduling workshops uh, in the Mediterranean. Nice. Uh, for people who want to get some nice weather, local food, wine, together with, uh, with photography. So we are scheduling some workshops in, uh, in Italy and in Greece at this moment. So Great. people can check out. I will put the, the link in the show notes. And I'm also making a, a big push uh, towards creating a, a community. Actually, what I'm doing is turning what has been so far uh, a newsletter about photography into more of a, a community where people will be able to to access resources, uh, tips, tutorials, um, uh, videos uh, on their own time without having to, to wait for the, the next issue of the newsletter. Nice. Uh, so the, this is coming up uh, quite soon, probably in September. Great. Well, I'll definitely put the link on the on the show notes so tell me a little more about the workshop so where are the weekend workshops going to be and when so we have weekend workshops scheduled for uh, uh, this autumn in uh, october and november in the cinque terra region of italy it's oh i haven't be, been uh, there yet I want to uh, go. it's a fabulous area yes. uh, between the sea and the mountains mm. and and so on these are going to be very uh short two-day workshops uh we're going to meet saturday morning get to the best spots where you, you get the best uh, places, hoping for great uh, sunsets, typically. Um, and we, we also experience a bit of the, the villages, the life there, and the food and the wine, which are just, just excellent in, in that area. We, knew, we know the best restaurants and, uh, and wine bars. Nice. And next uh, June, uh, we are planning a week-long workshop in the Cyclades Islands of Greece. So in the Aegean Sea, we're going to Santorini and Milos uh, with a select group of photographers to um, travel, uh, explore those islands. Again, photography and food and culture. Uh, All places I haven't explored yet. I'm jealous. Now I want to go. (laughs) Maybe I'll have to join. Yeah, you'd you be welcome. That would be so fun. Give well, you a big discount. Yeah, <laughs> cool. <laughs> well, thank you so much for joining me today. Uh, uh, it's just it's been really fun. I, I just love doing the Q&A because it's so nice to share ideas and, and have somebody else input um, on you know answering those questions and so forth. So awesome. Thank you so much, Hugo. And thanks to you for, for inviting me. It's been a great conversation. It was really great. Lovely. 
For sure, we'll do that again. And we are at the end of another episode of Street Focus. Please head over to thisweekinphoto.com slash street to subscribe to the show so you don't miss an episode and upload your image for the new street challenge, Expressions. Entries will close on August 20th. And if you're enjoying the show, please don't forget to add a rating on iTunes and a comment if you have a few seconds to do so. It's um, really a great way to support the show by increasing our visibility. My name is Valérie Jardin, and you've been listening to Street Focus. Now it's time to grab your camera and hit the streets.